Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in. Uh, I'm excited for today's guest. They are a fellow comedian, someone that I met almost at the very, very beginning of when I started doing stand-up. And they made it okay for me to wear sweatpants on stage, which I was so excited for. They also have one of my favorite jokes of all time, and I tell people it all the time. And he's also just a wonderful, sweet soul. The more I get to know him, the more I just fall in love with him. Ladies and gentlemen, Robert Praetorius. Hey, hey, hey. You're going to make me cry over here real Dude, quick. Dude, I fucking love you. I'm so excited I'm that so, you're here. I'm surprised you still like that joke. Of course. <laughs> I was just thinking about it yesterday. I was like, God. It's funny that I know exactly which one you're talking about, and I'm like, I haven't like done stand-up in like two years, and I still know. It's been two years? It's been a while. I think I did it once just so like my girlfriend could see me do it. Okay. And that was like right before like COVID shut down. Oh, okay. But then she got fucking hammered because I didn't tell her I was going to do it. It was going to be a surprise. And doesn't rem- remembers me being on stage. No jokes I told. But oh, that's like, so funny. It's so good. Like that's fucking hilarious. Um. So I mean, I have, I have, um, so probably like one of your last sets on film. Then. Yeah, probably. Oh God, that's crazy. Yeah, I've. Well, I mean, like, because there's the. I haven't shared any of the footage. Otrema keeps giving me shit that I have like this big old a mass of people's sets and I haven't haven't posted the video holding it for blackmail no I don't when they get famous there's like a lot of shit that's associated with that night for me that's fair it was that was just such a weird amalgamation of things like people being supportive so all these comics showing up and then traditionally like headliner goes last but at an open mic like whoever people are there to see should go like I don't know like fifth fifth or sixth yeah usually like right like early middle yeah like yeah. at the latest because the later you're there then people just start leaving because it's fucking I mean I think it was like almost midnight by the time I got <laughs> well you almost get comedied out when you're seeing fifteen different people yeah there were eighteen people that night yeah so fucking bonkers well that's crazy because like. Yeah, you're like, oh, this is the best person. Like, oh, I want the crowd to stay because they're going to want to see them. But unless, like, the crowd actually knows who they are, they're going to be like, oh, man, I just can't do it. And then yeah. they're pissed off at you because there's no crowd there. And Yeah. Like, what do you do? Well, and I mean, it used to work because there weren't always that many of us. So it right. used to be fine. Um, Like, because, tr- yeah, I mean, traditionally, like, open mic, you just... There's, I mean, if you're in like a hot city, then yeah, there's a fuckload of comics. But there's also a fuckload of mics. Yeah, that's true. That's another good point. So, at least, yeah, for sure, way more than than the St. Cloud area. Be dope if St. Cloud got a different mic, so we wouldn't mm. have to see that one guy again. Yeah, that would be swell. <laughs> <laughs> also, another reason, like yeah. No, I don't have to do it right now. Instead, I feel I, bad. I talk so much shit about him. I mean, just all the time. But what can you do? But we're not here to talk about him. We're here to talk about you. So I'm curious, first of all, like with you working at Keller 
and your girlfriend, Julie? Mm-hmm. Yes. Nice. I was afraid I was going to say Jackie. <coughs> I was like, that is not it. No. But with her uh, being a part of the troupe, like, what what is that line of, like, being supportive and being, like, afraid feel like? Does that make sense? Like, Yeah. Um, you know, it's one where early on when, you know, it was first introduced, like, hey, she was like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm like, okay. And it's take some, like, from my perspective where I'm like, I'm very much like, yes, do your thing. I am do whatever you want, whatever you're comfortable with. Absolutely. I am supporting you. And then there's that part of me where it's like, uh, I hate when people see her just as a sex object, which happens a lot because she bartends too now. So it's like she gets it all the time where dudes just, oh, hey, you're going to come back to my hotel. I got $500, like all this stuff. And it's like, like, I hate you. One, because you're being super disrespectful to her. Two, because like this is someone who's like my whole life now. And you just view her as a piece of ass where it's like she's funny, she's smart, she's like really caring and just an all around great person. And you're just like, I want to put my dick in it and that's it. So it's like, so that's where it's hard as far as like the burlesque side. Um, I was never like worried per se because like I know all the people in the troupe that she's joining. So I'm like. I was never like, oh, like, like she's going to be in danger or, oh, oh, okay. or never, um, I know she, like, she's not going to be overtly sexualized in her troop, if that makes sense. Yeah. And it was very well known, like, that we were together. So, like, everyone's been super respectful of that. Um, I just... Yeah, it was it was more like how is like people who don't know her, how are they going to treat her if they only see her doing burlesque? Yeah. Which is kind of was my main concern, but there's been no no issues with it. She carries herself really well and like like I said, like just the support from all the friends in the troop around and it's like we're performing like at the carpet, so it's like everyone there is like either they're protective of me or if they see someone like trying to make advances at her, they just shut that shit down right away. So it's a very like healthy environment to perform in also, which like calms nerves as someone who is emotionally invested in this person. Well, I mean, I, the, like the more that I, that I talked to you guys, whether it was, you know, Adrian and Annie or, um, you, you and Steve and, um, like there was this i had this like massive sense of like pride with being like i know these women and like i know like society's views on like what you know like like instagram models and all this shit that's being mm-hmm. you know pushed onto people and these girls look like the people that we date they look like the people that we work with and like for them to be performers on top of that is incredible. But then at the same time, I started getting freaked out by all of the, like, 
horrible shit that goes down at the red carpet. And then I was like, well, fuck, are these, are the, are those same people there on these nights that they're performing? Are these same people waiting to do some horrible shit to them? You know what I mean? Like, I just, I think that's part dad brain and like part of the anxiety is like, the more I know, the more afraid I am of certain things. Right. And that's fair. But it's also like one where, again, working there and with our security staff that we have now, like there's like a zero tolerance. Like if a woman comes up and it's like, hey, he's bothering me, you're out. Like you're not even just out of that specific bar. You're out of the building. Like we're zero tolerance with it. And they all know that. And they're all, again, friends with us. So they're very supportive and when we do have show nights you know like there's it's the same thing they we all kind of watch out for each other and it's it is one big family well good and it's it's like one and that's again where it's like okay i'm working upstairs i'm not gonna see her at all through the night or whatever i know like hey i have there's people around here that are gonna like keep her safe and it's not just that with her. It's like all of my friends, too, that are performing or just out to see the performance and hanging out afterwards. You know, like there's always that anxiety in there, but that's just I'm just high strung like that. Yeah. But same. so so it takes a while for me to like calm myself. And it's like the day of I'm usually like, oh, my God, what if this? What if this? What if this? Like, what the fuck am I going to do? And then everything turns out being fine. So. Well, that's good. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I'm just an anxious person. Well, I mean, <clears throat> I I hope that things continue to change in the St. Cloud area because, I mean, this the bad shit doesn't sound like it's gone away yet. Like, there's still a decent amount of... Not, I'm not saying just at the red carpet, but right. like as far as, like, the sex trafficking shit goes and, um, like... I mean, the racial divide is is one of those things that like is that you can feel the tension, but no one talks about it unless you're like on the far right and you're like fucking Somali Muslim. Yeah. Which, again, like everyone, I hate when like someone posts an article like, oh, there is a shooting in a parking lot in St. Cloud. And then the people are like, I'm so glad I got out of there. St. Cloud has gone to shit. Like, I'm, I'm like, well, you're not actually here. It's really not that bad. It's not as bad as what it gets made out to be. And that's everywhere. Just downtown. It's like, I don't know, know man. Uh, it's one of those. I, I feel- see like the problem with like people, downtown where we actually have like the most issues just from what i see at the bar it's like it's all people who don't live in st cloud that come up here oh okay and so like that's like the main issue is like and then they think they run shit for whatever reason or they want to act out or whatever it is you know someone looks at them funny or you talk to someone's girl or some girl has beef with another girl and it turns into a fight. I don't know. Like, okay. But it's never like like the people that like I personally see out all the time, whether it's you know at the carpet or I'm going to dinner somewhere or just out. Like if I have a night off, like like they're not causing any problems. You know, 
So it's really, it's a weird thing where it's like, I don't think it's the St. Cloud people causing okay. any issues out of towners that where wherever they decide to come from. Sure. Whether okay. it's from up north or south, but east west. Shit, they could come from south southwest <laughs> southwest. That's a new one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's 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 weird because I feel this the the stuff that I see and continue to hear like anytime there's a car accident it feels like there's a flood of people who are like take this excuse to just shit on somali people oh absolutely you know what i mean oh yeah and so i mean maybe maybe it's all like the maybe it's all people that they do all their shit on the internet and they're not actively doing shit out in the neighborhoods and stuff right could be that but i mean there was that on top of that there was that fucking um what was that like uh ice cream shop or froyo i don't know somebody that was saying like uh we don't hire non-binary people oh it was that um i don't even want to say the name of it because i don't want to give them publicity but it was a place they we're originally in the mall. Okay. And it's like a like fried food ice cream place. Okay. And then they opened up by Walmart. Okay. And they yeah, they had a huge thing like we only hire people that are hard work. Basically they're trying to say like like, oh, if you if you lean left or you're not here to hard work and oh, we don't support the LGBTs basically. Like, Jesus then we Christ. don't want you to work here. And I'm just like, oh, my God. Like, what the fuck kind of place is this? <laughs> I'm like, it's not even like a big building. Like, it's drive through only. It's oh, that's like, hilarious. It's like, so I can't even walk in there and be like, all right, square up. <laughs> like, <sighs> like, you know, I'm just like, like, this is really like you guys just opened. And this is how you want to this is how you want to go about it in like a place where it's like people are struggling to find like people to hire yeah like employment and that's how you right off the bat that's your business Especially plan in the food industry people come right. in and out so quick like regularly right so it's like god damn like y'all get i don't want to say you got balls because you really don't right it's a it's a bold strategy cotton and yeah. I, don't, I don't think it's working out very well but but yeah, so I mean, that's the thing. Is like St. Cloud always surprises me with, it seems like shit is mellowed out, and then it's like the moon comes out, and all these people are like, oh, by the way, uh, black people suck, uh, you can't work with us if you're ginger or one of them gay lesbians. Well, fucking St. Cloud's problem is it wants to be Minneapolis. It wants yeah. to be a big city, but it also wants to be this hick town. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, like, what what are you? Like, because then you get, like, Inner St. Cloud, and it's very much like, oh, we're we're all, like, cool. Like, this is a good, diverse population. And then you get the people who live just outside of St. Cloud that still say they live in St. Cloud that are like, we don't like them. We don't mm -hmm. like your kind type people. We're going to go to 
Raleigh's and talk about how much we don't like them gay people. That's so and, funny. and it's just like, like, yeah, like we don't associate with them ever. And sometimes we'll see them at the bar and it's just like, go away. Like we don't, like we actually don't want you in here. <laughs> One, because we know you're probably going to start a fight because you're super homophobic or you hate black people mm-hmm. or whatever you hate. And it's like, we're just trying to like, have a safe environment here and y'all are just fucking it up well yeah people i i didn't even think about that people forget that like saint cloud surrounding the surrounding area like every town surrounding saint cloud is like damn near farmville yeah like it's either farmville or redneck town like the whole thing so of course now that you mention it like yeah of course like the people that go into saint cloud are going to be all these like well non-progressive individuals i say with saint cloud is like they elected michelle bachman like oh the, the area elected that... her like four times so mm-hmm. like that that's all you have to say about like the the county district whatever you want to yeah, call yeah, it yeah. like it's not a good look <laughs> when that's who you want to represent you yeah so but like it's getting i feel like it's getting better but like it's tough being like where the younger generation is like, we're trying to be so progressive and make things better for everybody. And then you get the people that are still like holding these power positions and they're basically like influenced by the older generation of people that don't want change because that's going to negatively affect them. Well, even though it doesn't, but they think it's going to, you know, I mean, for some reason, they always think that it's going to affect, like, the economy somehow. (laughs) I never understand. That's the best one. It's like, gay people want to get married. Well, it's going to add to the debt on the national It's so fucking weird. Like, yeah, so it's always, yeah, that that part's always funny to me. That, like, when I hear someone throw out the, it's going to be bad for business thing, I'm like, How? It's only bad for business if you come out and say you don't support these individuals. Right, but it's like, like, is your business so one demographic of people that are just happen to be like the most non-progressive, hateful people you can find? So you got like 10% here and that's all you're going into and it's like, Look at this demographic that you could be potentially having. Well, I like if to you think would just not be a piece of shit. Like all of they, they think that like all of their customers are in the closet, and that like as soon as something happens where they say that they're non-supportive, they're like, like their whole, you know, customer base is going to go. Well, we're all gay, so now we're not going to shop here anymore. Or right. like, I don't know what the fuck it is. Did you grow up in St. Cloud? Yeah. Okay. So, did you go to tech? I did. You did go to tech. Now, from what I hear, because when did you graduate? 2013. 2013. Okay, so it might have changed by then, but, like, from what I remember, like, there was there was a lot of hostility at that school, too. Oh, so much. And I couldn't, but I could never really figure out where it was coming from. Because there were so many different walks of life that went to that school that, I mean, I would hear kids, like, say ridiculous shit about, again, Somali kids, obviously. Um, they wash their feet in the sink. They're fucking filthy. It's like, there's no way that can be true, first of all. 
Um, second of all, your school seems to be pretty mixed with kids. Or am I crazy? Is it mostly honkies? No, it is a huge mix. That's what I thought. Like, it was, like, and, like, my graduating class is one of the smallest ones. Like, we, like, in history, like, we just had a little over 300 in my class. Okay. And, yeah, like, it was a huge mix. But there was also very much, like, it was very the cliques. Mm. And, and to the extreme, like what you'd see on like a TV show or whatever, it was very much like, here's Hicks who farm, here's Hicks who work on cars, yeah. you know, like here's, here's jocks who are also Hicks and then here's jocks, here's jocks who like are friends with black people and then like, but then it was weird because like the black population almost wanted to spill off from like, don't associate us with the Somali population in high school. Oh, okay. So it was, it was weird. I think is what I want to say it as, because like, I never like fit in to one clip. I kind of chameleoned it. Like I did sports. So like I was friends with jocks, but I also like nerd shit. So I could hang out with nerd people. I was like really smart. So I got in with like, kind of those but it's like it was so like trying to like basically being able to bounce around you like hear what everyone says about the other and the one i never got into was like the farming or car stuff that wasn't me sure but like i still had some of them in classes so i could find some middle ground to talk about but you know like it was it was bad it happened after i graduated i think the year or two after where like the there were so many fights between like the Somali students and like wanting like their prayer time and oh why do they get special treatment why do they get to leave class to go do this but we can't do this and so it actually ended up being like students walked out and like protested outside of the school and the school went into a lockdown. Like, the Somali students walked out. Oh, okay. And, like, there was, like, family protests outside of it. I, and, yeah, like, the school went in lockdown for, like, three hours because they didn't know what to do. Yeah, I mean, it sucks because it's all, like, parents spilling this shit down. Because I remember when, like, the oh, majority of, like, the Somali population, like, came to, to Minnesota and St. Cloud. And the, just the weirdest, like, I mean, like conspiracy theories about what was Mm going to happen. Like people thought that they were going to take over St. Cloud somehow. Like these are not like rich investors that are (laughs) coming into your town, dude. Like they're fucking seeking asylum because their country is in shambles right Right. now. Like, And I like that you brought that up because like in high school, like I wasn't like super supportive like i got what i heard from at home like as a kid like you you just grow up and you're like oh like my parents are saying this like or like my friend's parents are saying this or this person like that i view and like on this pedestal almost is saying this so it's like oh it must be true and then you graduate and you like actually like have to work with this person or you have to like you're around this demographic and then you kind of create your own 
like oh like these people are great like i'm just fine with them type thing but definitely even like for me in high school it was hard because it's like oh all of my friends don't like this population like my parents are saying stuff about them so i'm like well i'm not like against you but i'm not defending you type of thing oh sure uh god what do they call that um uh, there's a ter- there's a term for it. Yeah, I don't where you like you're sitting idly by. Yeah, like um, almost like a bystander. Yeah, a bystander, but it's like willful ignorance. Is kind of what something I'm like for. that. Um, but I mean, I I got swept up into it eventually too because of similar things. Like it just got said so much around me, and I had one experience, one negative experience. And I based the entire St. Cloud population on this one experience. And then, um, but I never like acted on it. Obviously, I never like was like fuck Somalis or anything like that. I just like held this shitty thought in the back of my head. And then after the St. Cloud, uh, the mall stabbing happened, my first thought was, oh, things are about to get 10 times worse for that community now. Right. Rather than being like, you know, whatever. I don't even know if I was being racist, but I just wasn't kind of like you, like I just wasn't being supportive and just whatever. Uh, but after that, I spent uh, two days with different sections of the Somali community just to be like, why, you know, why do I think this way or why, why do people treat them this way? And um, like I went to the Somali market, you know, that gas station. Yep. Yeah. Went there. Everyone was real cool. I, the only mistake that I made was I pulled my camera out and they got freaked out. I think they thought that I was there to like investigate or something. And I was like, I, I tried my best to like, let them know that it's not what it looks like. And, Right. They busted out their cameras and like took pictures of my license plate. And I was like, I'm... so I put my camera away and like walked up to them. It was like everything was cool by the time I left, but like, you know, it's that scary for them that just a camera popping out and they're like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck everybody. You know, right. And, but yeah. There is, yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but, <laughs> oh, with the whole, the, the thought process that you had. Like, do you remember hearing a friend say something and being like, I'm not good with this anymore? Yeah, but I don't think it was till after high school. Okay. And it's like that among, you know, I'd say multiple platforms where it's like, you know, even if I look at the LGBTQ community, like growing up in the church, like they're bad. Oh, that's right. They're not good people. Is it your dad that's a pastor? Yeah. And Fuck, so, I forgot about that. So it took me literally like life experience where like now, like I'd say three of my five best friends are gay. And so I'm like, it took me so much to, and it takes a lot of work, like on your own part. Like it just doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't come like from exposure, being with them. It's like, all right, like these are like, they're they're good people, and they're better people than what I grew up with. 
and I think it was like I definitely started dropping friends but like you know after high school you don't see people like that you grew up with a lot anymore unless you actively try to right and so it took me one moving out was big for kind of my own personal growth with it and then you know being exposed to whether it's people I work with or um you know just people that are friends of my friends I started hanging out with more and that grew into like really healthy relationships and then a really healthy outlook on like how I view like groups of people in general that in my entire life growing up had been deemed bad mm-hmm. dirty like my my parents anti who- everything you know type stuff so um my parents would do that whole uh love the sinner not the sin thing did you ever hear that yeah yeah so my parents were like the nicest people but they held this bullshit in the back of their head and it's so yeah because my dad he wasn't a the fuck was he oh yeah he was a bishop he so he was like like a pastor at a church but Mm -hmm. the way that mormons do it is like they cycle through it's like getting it's kind of like being elected but they nobody actually votes on it it's just (laughs) somebody prays about it and eeny meeny miny god picks you gotcha (laughs) so and then yeah they have to kind of like volunteer and be the pastor for a year to three years something like that so they are obviously like balls deep in in the mormon church but it took like a lot of shit for them to see that like i mean it's still like fairly recent like you know like 2000 i'm trying to remember when did the gay marriage thing pass was that 14 i couldn't tell you top of my head but, but see, that's one thing where it's like with that, where like that's something that's like, this is good. It's great. But I don't remember it where if you ask someone in that community, they're like, this is the year. This is the date. And because it affected them so much and so greatly that it was like, whole, it's a monumental date yeah, yeah for them and their community. Where it's like for me, it's like, I'm really happy for my friends. Thank, and everyone else, like, thank fuck this finally happened. But it's like, I don't remember it. Sure. Because it didn't, like, get to me that personally. Yeah. You, you know? I, and it's weird how that, like, works with well, everybody. Well, that was the year that, like, I, re- like, really started losing friends. Is like, because I made a lot of friends outside of high school. Like, I was pretty done with majority of the kids that I went to high school with. Um. And then, but I didn't know that I had made these, like, they were closeted in their own right. Like, they were closeted as far as, like, their, I don't want to say, like, liberalism, but, like, they're just too, they they were, they were closeted about how shitty their views on the world really were, because it never came up. Right. We lived these like these lives where you didn't have to as a you know white privilege. Like we don't really have to if you're a hetero white dude, like there's not a lot of adversity that you're going through. Right. 
And so I just didn't know. And then gay marriage stuff started coming out and just, just an ex- and I was like, what the fuck? Like, we've been through so much together and now you're, that's who you are? Like, this is the hill you want to die on? And yeah, so there was a just a wave and then it happened again when the Trump thing happened. It's like, fuck, man. Why couldn't we just not? So, I mean, the <laughs> adversity that white people go through is finding out that their friends suck. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually, yeah. Which, you know, is so minuscule compared to everyone else's. And it takes a lot to, like, realize that. But yeah, like, like when, I can't be Facebook But when friends. you have people that, you, yeah. Oh, I'm going to unfriend them. That'll show them. <laughs> God damn. But now, like, when you, when you, um, when you have people that you have such strong personal connections to, like being affected by them, then that's when you start to realize like, okay, like this is huge. Like it's not affecting me, but it's affecting them and I'm really happy for them. So, and that's where I draw a lot from. It's like, if, um, like in the past year, like I've had a couple friends pass away mm-hmm. and, um, I wasn't like as close to them as a lot of the other people around me. So I'm like, it didn't affect me too much, but what affected me was seeing all of my friends reactions to it and how much it affected them. And that's where I was like, I'm hurting more for you. Yeah. If that makes sense. It's like, it's, yeah. it's, well, you're very empathetic. Yes. And so, and that takes me a while to get over. Like, just out of that cloud where it's like, and it's still to this day where it's like, you can still see friends affected by it. And it's like, I'm like, I can't like hide it. Like, like I have so much love for you guys that it hurts me to see you guys in so much pain. Like when people just go like, oh, sorry for your loss. It's like, no, I'm feeling like, like it's like, it's actually happened to like someone I'm insanely close to. Yeah. Because I'm that close to like the people that it happened to. Which is weird for me to kind of talk about and like think about right now because it's like holy shit. Like, well, I mean, I've so I learned that that technically is like a version of like codependency because you feel like you should be able to uh make them feel better in whatever situation which is dumb who gives a shit it sounds like a good thing to me so i don't fucking i have accepted certain aspects of my codependency because it's like well it fucking helps way more than it hurts so yeah like with that it's it's not like you know it's not like when people hear codependent they're like oh my god it's it has such a negative context around it well, and it's always like associated with like a relationship, like right. your boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Yeah, but it's like no, you can be codependent with friends, and it can be very healthy codependency. It's when stuff gets taken to that extreme, yeah. where it's like, without them, you're gonna self harm, or you're gonna oh, go yeah, on yeah, this yeah. downward spiral, or like when it starts getting there, that's when you need to evaluate. But like, I like think the, in, the ownership thing, when yeah, they feel like they have a right to or deserve this aspect of you right and it's like that yeah so i I get what you're saying yeah 
Look at you picking my brain. Oh, I mean, this yeah, is what I, have, I wanted to do. I have trouble forming words sometimes, so bear with it. I also have trouble forming words. Words with friends. It's the title of the, like word was the title of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like qu- quickly, like if you remember, do you remember what the first uh, like um, show was like after? Because what was um, that performer's name that passed away? Um, Tanya. Tanya. Do you remember like the first show after they had passed away? No, because I wasn't work. I was working that night. Oh, okay. I was working in a different bar. I do remember, like, how everyone was before it, though. Okay, like leading up, and you can, you could tell it was like, you could feel just the weight of everyone's emotions in that moment, and you know, you look around, it's like when someone's like trying to keep it together, like stay like in this, like a mindset that they can actively like do their job or perform in, or just be out in public in, Mm -hmm. you could sense a lot of that. Um, but no, that first performance, I was not around for it. Mm. And it's probably for the best because I would have been a, a fucking wreck. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, it's like um, fucking but common roots went after Ian passed away. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that one was really tough. Because and it's kind of the same thing where it was like you know both of them were a week before. Yeah. So. Or like whatever it was. But it was very, very, very soon, close. very yeah, yeah, soon yeah, yeah, after, yeah. and so th- as far as the comrades one for me, that one was tough because we had just gone to like Ian's wake earlier that day. Oh, that's right, earlier that day, and then like kind of came back, and you know, you get into the mindset it's supposed to be a fun weekend. We're kicking off this amazing weekend for the St. Cloud area and performers and businesses, and you're trying to keep that positive note. And I just remember. After we kind of did our one minute um, talking about Ian in what would have been his set time, I just remember like walking off stage and going directly into the green room, and Alex just happened to be there, and I just lost it. Ugh. Like I like I don't think I've ever hugged anyone so tight, and like it was like where your nose is squished and you can feel yeah, the yeah, snot yeah. like running straight and like the tears aren't even flowing because they're being absorbed into the other person's clothing. Like that's what it was. It and looks like a wet moth landed on them. <laughs> the most disgusting moth. But no, like that was, that was hard. And then to kind of try to, you know, compose myself from that moment to now like going back out to watch like an amazing burlesque show. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, so it was God, I'm like (laughs) thinking about it, but I mean, that was so intense. I mean, we found out, I think he passed away on a Tuesday. So the next day was the open mic. Yeah. I remember like watching Max, like walking around doing his thing. And being like, hey, hey, man, 
everything okay? And he was just so like out of it mm-hmm. and seemed like he was trying to keep his mind off of it and focusing on like doing anything else, but having to deal like, cause if you slow down, then it all sets in. Like it seemed like he's one of those types of people. Like that's the way he grieves is like, he tries to avoid it as much as possible. And then if he, if he stops for a second, then it's all just going to. Yeah. Well, that was one, like the day that we all found out, like, I, at the time, I lived like five minutes away from him, and like he messaged me. He's like, "Dude, you just want to like come over?" And I'm like, "Yeah." Like it was that that point. It was like just being with somebody who shares in what you're feeling. Yeah. Um. There is. It's weird that there's comfort in that. Oh yeah, trauma bonding. Yeah. <laughs> what we're doing right now. Yeah. But yeah, no, like it's and that's what trauma bonding. It's weird. It's a weird concept it's a weird thing to especially when you look back at at the time it's so natural and it's so what's the word i want it's it's a healing yeah yes for sure but then you know you look back on it you're like it's a weird experience it's a weird like thing it's like listening to a sad song when you're sad Oh, like love that's my life you're right? coming out yeah me. yeah so when you're when you're with other people who are you know that they're grieving on the same level that you're at and so there's there you don't have to say as much you know what i mean yeah like when somebody finds out that a friend passed away of like of yours there's a lot of questions like what did you guys do together you know what were they like and all that shit so you're kind of giving a synopsis on this this person that meant a lot to you whereas with somebody who knew them you you don't have to say as much you can kind of sit in this like i don't know it's 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 interesting cuz sometimes it's like this like almost fuzzy feeling mm-hmm. and other times it's like the fun has been sucked out of the both of you and you're just like you just need to be zombies on a couch. <laughs> right. Yeah. So to kind of go back, like, I don't know what that first show was like. Um, The ones afterwards, like you can sell there's, there's for me anyway, like if I seem like there's still some pain there, some residuals. Yeah. But you know, as they say, like time heals all, but yeah. like it's still harder. But it, it gets, I don't know. It's kind of like it's weird with artists because they want you to keep doing the right. Thing. Like they, they, you know that they would never be like, yeah, you guys, this all, I'm gone. So everybody should just stop and not do the thing that we love doing together anymore. Right. So it's a it's a weird thing to like try and push through that and be like, I know this is what you want me to do, but it fucking sucks doing it when you're not here. Well, what's tough for me as someone who wasn't as close, but like still feel the pain, feel it more for my friends and how all your friends grieve differently. And so it's hard as someone who, you know, like you want to be there for your friends, but that's not what they need at mm. the time. Where some of them are like, I don't want to talk anything about it. I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to talk about 
what happened. Like, just leave me alone and talk about normal, like, almost like just everyday life stuff. Yeah. You almost have to talk with them like nothing happened at all, even though you can tell they're greatly affected. And so, and then some friends want to talk about all of it. Yeah. And so you have to be kind of able to gauge where your friends are at or what's acceptable to say or what's acceptable. That Sometimes you don't have to talk at all. It's just, here's a hug. Like, get whatever you need off your chest. If it's nothing, fine. And then you just kind of go on as normal. Yeah. And it's it's weird trying to learn what friends need what. Yeah, wow. I I didn't yeah, I didn't even think about that. That is a weird thing. Yeah. Cuz like everyone some people want to distract by like like just going out to um I guess couldn't have time like some people want to like go to a movie. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. Take like for me like I want to be like around people I love if I lose somebody. You know? that helps me cope but maybe someone that i want to be around who also lost the same person doesn't want to want to be around anybody so for me like personally i have to be like okay i know what i need but i can't force that upon them so like i need to find other channels to try to get to until i can have that moment with them you know yeah so it's a weird um, Do you want to scoot your chair forward a little bit? Sorry. I don't know if this happens to you, but like whenever I've lost somebody, I don't want to be around my family. Oh, never. Right? Like, I don't know why that is, but. Well, it's I, like, I even like, know. like, it's weird and kind of maybe shitty to say for some people. It's like, even when like, I lost my grandpa a few years ago. I didn't want to go to the funeral. I didn't want to be around my family at all. Like, that's not how, like, I wanted to handle it. Yeah. But I had to because that's what looks good mm. for the rest of the family, you know? Mm. I mean, so that, that was a little more challenging for me because it's like you don't you're out now out of your comfort zone but yeah no like that was the thing like i saw my grandpa at like holidays oh okay and like kind of major like weddings major family events mm -hmm. or all that but like we were never that close and so you know it doesn't hit me as hard as it hits someone else in my family mm -hmm. but again it was one of those where i'm like i just I wanted to more so like distract myself from the things of his passing, not being around stuff that reminds me of his passing. Oh yeah. 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 Like I wanted to just work. I wanted to be at home playing a video game mm -hmm. or building a puzzle or anything that's like actually takes your mind focus to do. Yeah. You know, so I don't know, but yeah, I don't know what that. I, I'm not quite sure what what that feeling is, but like I, every it seems like almost every time that I've had like a major passing, 
happen in my life, the first people I go to are my friends versus my family. Oh, every time. Yeah. And I, even if they're not close to or don't know whoever I'm talking about or lost or whatever, like, yeah, there's just something about like, and I don't know if it's like being able to say fuck or like talking ways that I don't know. Maybe it's because I don't have to like tiptoe around whatever it is I want to say. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Because the family, you definitely have to. There's certain things that like we could like I couldn't make a death joke like right. right out of the gate with my family. But with a friend, the right friend, of course. Right. You could make some fucked up joke because that's part of the grieving process. But yeah. No. Yeah. Family's weird to me. I'd rather spend time with my chosen family. Yeah. Than the the birth one. Every time. That's so funny because somebody was just talking about that on, on a podcast I was listening to where they were talking about how like the the saying that um you know uh you can't can't pick your family like so you can't you know uh you can't turn your back on your family that kind of whole talk or whatever and it's like i mean but why yeah like we we give this excuse for for kids who are adopted right where we're like no we don't have they don't have to be blood they they're family now like they're the why is it not on the flip to be like, I'm good with whatever that is? Yeah, like, sorry, mom and dad, you're super homophobic <laughs> again, and like, actually, actively trying to kill my lifestyle. You're not family anymore. Like, here's my family now. Yeah. Like, why is that such a hard thing for? Yeah, I think it's a lot of. I'd say like the generation before you. Mm, yeah, like so, like people in their like 40s, 50s. That's such a hard thing for them to wrap their head around. And whereas most of the newer ones are like, yeah, <laughs> like we're 100% on board with this. Yeah. Like, and it's like, let's be honest, like chosen families are way, like, I think they're healthier. Yeah. Like, because. Or they, they can be. Like, eventually, I mean, you have to go through. It's just like trying to understand your real family. Like if you didn't get along with your brothers and sisters when you were younger, it takes some getting used to as you grow. And it's the same thing when you're picking your own family. Like you try to assemble what you think is going to be good for you. And then you're like, later on you find out, uh, maybe this isn't so good. So you go with a, a new batch of friends or just focus more of your energy on the people who are positive in your life. Right. Well, yeah. No, I agree with that. You know what that's, I mean? Yeah, that's good. Because if you think about like... Well, well yeah, because like someone who... If you if you were to have stuck with just your friends from high school, like, do you think you would be who you are now? No, I'd be a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and that's not like a knock on them. Like some of them are still like great people. Mm -hmm. But it's like for m my own personal growth, like... Yeah, yes. Like, I would have been awful. Like, I would have hated me. Like, even, even like, looking back, like, if you go, like, oh, yeah, I would have hated me in high school. How did I have friends? You know? But, yeah. I, when I, the few people that I've talked to about me being in high school, I was such a weird fucking kid. Like, 
Yeah. You still are, Chris, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I'm weird for sure, but I'm so much more understanding and like have a grip on. Yeah, y'all can't see. Chris is wearing Crocs right now. Yeah. I have a grip on why I am the way that I am. Right. Versus when I was a kid, like, this is all over the place. I had no fucking idea. But, anyways, the. So here's the, the hard topic. When you. How old were you when you moved out? 18. And did you move in with someone right away? Yep. Was this a girlfriend or friends? It was, it was a girlfriend, yeah. Okay. Do you mind talking about, like, when did you guys start dating? And um, We started dating in high school. Mm, I was 16. We were both 16. Okay. But I was a grade older. But, like... Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Um... So yeah, started seeing each other then. Um, things were completely fine, and then my parents found out that we were sexually active, and then they hated her. Oh. And vice versa, her parents hated me. Mm. So there was that. Um, she ended up uh, moving out from her. Her parents were divorced. Moved out from her dad's place because he was. A huge piece of shit without going into it just a piece of shit and so when i turned 18 i actually ended up moving in with her at like the basement of her mom's place oh okay instead of going to college oh yeah which my parents were furious but like even before then like i was that summer, I was like, I'm 18, I'm doing what I want. Like, whatever, I would be gone for three days and then, you know, come home and just one night came home at, like, three in the morning and uh, my parents changed the locks on me. Whoa. That's intense. Yeah. So I ended up, like, walking, like, five miles to her place. A week later, like, I'm grabbing all my stuff out of the room. Wow. At my parents' place. Um, Moved in. Yeah, then I was like, okay, I have to get a job. So I did that, and then, uh, God, I don't don't even know how long I was moved in for. Maybe like a year. Maybe like a year and a half. Are you saying moved in with With my, yeah. Okay. Um, But then like our relationship started falling apart, like... She, like, I'm gonna, I'll own my own thing. Like, I wasn't, like, super great. Like, I was working overnights, like, still being asked to, like, do a bunch of stuff during the day where it's like, all right, well, I still have to, like, work and sleep. And so, like, I wasn't great at, like, trying to spend time or getting stuff done around the house or definitely, you know, lack of sleep. I was angry a lot or more irritable. Yeah. So kind of like just like snap stuff that you say at the time. Um, So like we started like fighting a lot. And then she ended up being like really physically abusive. And I'm curious, like, when did when did that start? And I don't know if that stuff like blurs together eventually or if you recall the first like when they started testing those physical boundaries. That's hard 
because it does get blurred, but it's like, I don't know if I can like give you a defining moment because like it, it starts as like, it's nothing almost like you don't think twice about it. Like, like, Oh, this is fucked up or this is well. slapping your boyfriend was so acceptable for so long. Right. And so that again, it's like, like, Oh, this isn't a real thing. Like, or I've definitely found there's been times where I just like kind of block stuff out. Sure. Um, where it almost like feels like it's real it didn't happen but really what started being like there are times where it was like becoming a real issue like if i'm gonna like pick out like a couple points would be like i would be going to work with like bruises and cuts on my face and to like have my boss be like pulling me aside like we're gonna go talk for like an hour like, so that was one that was very, like, yeah, this is not okay. And I don't know. There'd be times where it's, like, I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with this. I'm not fighting you right now. I'm just going to go, like, lay down, like, sleeping on the couch and woke up to an entire bottle of ketchup being, like, unloaded on me while I'm sleeping. The fuck? Yeah. Which, to some people, like, could be, like, like oh, that sounds funny. It would be a prank oh, 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 if the other shit ketchup, wasn't happening. Huh? Yeah. But, like, for me, that was very much, like, what the fuck? Like, like I'm literally just trying to, like, not... I'm not doing anything. You know, I'm just passed out. Yeah. And it was very much, like, she... That was where codependency was bad. Oh, okay. I'll say in my life. Because it was very much, like, what do I do? Like, I've destroyed this relationship with my parents i'm Flash! <laughs> <laughs> just as we're getting super fucking serious yeah i know right but no it was like a no i had i had ruined this relationship with my parents like so it's like mm, where do i go from here like i definitely felt stuck i have very little money couldn't save anything up it was very paycheck paycheck um well i mean you're still a teenager yeah like it's so weird people like throw that adult thing if you can still say teen at the end of the number then i'm not saying we should treat all teenagers the same right i feel like they should be given the grace to be like this is new this adult thing is brand fucking new Right, we can't expect them to just flip a switch and like know that they can have all these resources or know that they can have all this shit. Like, you very much feel like the weight of the world is all on you now because if you admit to something, then you're saying, "Oh, I'm not ready to be an adult now." Right, and so yeah, um, I again just felt stuck. Like, I just gotten a puppy. Oh, like. And so I'm like, well... Is that the dog that's at your parents' house? Yeah. Okay. So it was very much like, what do I do? How do I get out of this? I don't know what to do. And then kind of the straw that broke the camel's back was I was driving to therapy Mm. with my counselor. 
and like we shared a car mm. car like literally like turning onto the road where my therapist place was something breaks down in the car oh shit's fucked like it's done um and she like blamed it all on me like every single thing like like well you shouldn't have been doing this this blah 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 like it's your fault like all stuff and i was like for some reason i was just like i'm done like wow. i can't and i actually like called my sister and i was like can you come pick me up and bring me back to mom and dad's and she was like huh i'm like i'm grabbing my stuff can you pick me up and she did and then like i left probably 80% of my stuff cuz i was like i'm not taking any time to do this i was like you can fucking have it for like you can burn it you can keep it i don't care like i'm done and so she picked me up brought me to mom and dad's was was she trying to get you to stay or was she being no, dismissive she, no she was who your uh your ex oh she's trying to get me to stay she was okay yeah and you know even for a little bit after we moved in i'd say like a few months like so I had her pick me up, bring me back to my parents, stayed there, ended up going back, very fucked up in the head at the point, ended up going back because um, I was like, I'm not ready to like live here. Ended up living with a friend I worked with for like a month. Okay. And then, and this is like all in like the winter time, I think like right after Christmas, I was like... Oh. I was like, Mom and Dad, I have nowhere to go. Like, very, like, humiliated. Yeah. Very, like, yep, congrats, you guys were right type thing. Like, yeah, I need a place. And they actually let me move back in, surprisingly. When it came, like. Which is weird. Were you able to talk to anybody about the shit that had happened? No. Like, my therapist ended up moving to, like, Mankato. Oh, God. Um, And at that point, it was like, I don't... Like, you can share records all you want, but it's like, I've known this guy since I was, you know, 16. Yeah. I don't want to talk to anyone else. Like, I don't want to try to rebuild that at, at that point in time, you know? Yeah. I was like... That sounds shitty to me. So I didn't. I really didn't do much. And it's one thing where you like you just feel like I was just constantly in this just dull state. Like nothing really brought joy to me outside of like my dog. So I very much bonded with her. Um, and then eventually like I start going out more. Like, now I'm 21, so I can go out and reconnected with some friends that I hadn't seen in forever and kind of rebuilt some of those friendships that, you know, you lose when you're 
so blinded into yeah. someone else um thankfully and uh yeah just started going out more um still very much like yeah i'm really sad all the time but this this makes things feel better yeah almost and then you no know, started um then max hit me up about doing comedy one time or i think he shared the event to me Okay. Like, hey, we're starting this mic. And I, like, went the first night. And, like, yeah, like, I like comedy stuff. I'll check it out. And I think, yeah, met Ian that night. And that's when I talked to him about, like, wanting to do it. And he's like, yeah, just do it. Came back next week writing some shitty-ass jokes. <laughs> oh, and, and, and the rest is history with that. But, like, I don't know. Got my – it's – it's something I'm like I'm not like uncomfortable talking about. Like I've made jokes about it on stage and stuff, but it's like it's still hard to like look back and be like, God, you were stupid for staying there. But then I'm like, Oh yeah, like this is why. Like what what else do you do? It, well, and I mean, how how could you possibly know how to actually deal with that? I mean, when when you're in like your first life-changing relationship like right. where there's true like life events that you'd never I'm assuming you'd never lived on your own before right i mean those are huge milestones that you attribute to this person and so when your brain associates that like oh i mean i really only could do this because i had a partner that was you know sharing in rent and all these things and then so the concept of trying to do it by yourself seems terrifying right and then on top of that what's wrong with me that this person that i loved turned against me and did i make them do this shit like what what's you know what i mean like oh exactly and and this is where like mental health with dudes that's why i like talking to you it's like no one's going to believe me if I tell them this shit. Like, as far as most of society is, like, guys can't be, you know, physically abused. Yeah. Like, by their partners, or they can't be sexually abused by their partners, or... And, uh, I mean, our society for so long was like, would say, so what, if they did hear it? They'd, right. They'd be like, well, fine, hit them back then. Or, like, be a man about it, like... Like, for some reason, you're in complete control of... Right. I don't know. Or it's like, oh, be a man about it and don't talk about it. Yeah. Guys don't talk about their feelings. That's not That's not a trait that a, a real man has, you know? When I, when I would hear, like, early on in Kim and I's marriage, when I would hear people... So this is back in, you know, 2006, 2007... When I would hear people make jokes about slapping their boyfriends or slapping their partners, I was like, that's that's the only thing like that I definitively said to Kim, like, that's what ends up. If either of us becomes physical with one another, that's fucking over. That should never be in the like in the back of your mind as 
I'm so angry right now. The only thing that I can do is hit you. Right. Like that should never become a reflex. I don't want that to ever fucking happen. And the amount of women that would be like, like, like they were dismissive. Like what? I'm not supposed to slap him if he's being an asshole. Like, no, you're fucking not. (laughs) Like that's, yeah, you don't do that. I'll even take it like, since it's something so personal to me, like there is, um, I'm not on TikTok by any means, but I've seen the stuff shared on Instagram or what people, it's like, hey, ladies, record yourself like reaching, like it's funny, go like reach in the back of your car and when you like bring your purse forward, like hit your man in the back of the head with it and see how he reacts. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? Like to me, that's not funny at all. That's like you're physically purposely hurting someone who's doing nothing. Yeah. Because you think it's funny. It's like, that's not funny to me. No. Like, even like, and like, I've told Julie about this stuff early on. So like, she knows, but I'm like, even if it's like, like, oh, if I accidentally, like, it's a reflex of like, my toes are cold and I accidentally put them on you. Like, don't slap my ankle away. Cause that's going to like trigger something. Oh, me. sure. So it's like, it's that personal to where I'm like, no, like yeah. I can't do it. Uh, it's I I don't know why I had that thought, but like, I for some reason early on, it just I never saw my parents hate each other. Like n- they would yell, but never ever did I see them get physical with each other. And so I don't know if th- I just had that thought, but then the more I kept hearing about people doing it i was just they just kept solidifying like why why on earth would we think that that and why would you put that on someone to where i'm gonna hit you and you need to deal with it this is something that of course i'm gonna do this you're the one that needs to figure out how to like handle it and be okay with it whatever because because it's your fault yeah you made me hit you type and it's like like no, it's not like just have self control. Yeah. Like one, well, it's the shit that if it was a role reversal, that's the immediate red flag. Where mm-hmm. if you hear a man say, "You made me do this," all women everywhere go, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no, no." It's, Which I mean, as they should. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but like, for there for it to be so common for women to be hitting their, and I mean, I haven't done a poll recently, but like. Early on in our marriage, way too fucking common. I honestly can't think of a couple that I knew that they didn't like the that the wasn't okay for the wife to slap them or punch them in the arm too. Like that was always yeah. a thing. You could slap them or you could punch them in the in the shoulder, and those were the two things that your wife was just allowed to do for some reason. Super fucking weird. Well, and I'll take this, like, going back where it's, like, it's not just, like, a physical hit here and there. Like, there'd, Oh, yeah. Like, there'd be, like, times where if I was arguing with my ex-girlfriend, she would straight up, like, grab and get this, like, stranglehold on my balls and, like, hold them. And, like, I couldn't move anywhere. It was, it was very, because, like, it hurt so much, like the slightest movement was like like so much physical pain to where I was to the point where I'm like I have to sit here and I can't move it's like I've never 
like looking back and even now I've never felt so helpless, helpless. Like, yeah, just defenseless, just at the will of another person. Like, like I'm like, what, what do I do in this? I have to wait until you're done basically. And it's, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. But like, so again, it's not just a hit or a slap. It can be that it can, it's like on the flip side, like, yeah. Like if a man's like holding a woman down, yeah, like, yes. like total weight on you, you can't move. Like just feeling that helpless. Yeah. That, um, it instills so much more than I know if you move, it's going to hurt like crazy. Like, it's not like giving somebody, like, a titty twister and you're yeah. just like, ah, fuck you. Yeah, it's a fear thing. Yeah, that's also. because they're looking you in the eye. Mm-hmm. They're, like, when the, the guy pins the girl down, they're looking right into your fucking eyes. And I, so the only thing that I've had that's comparable to that, I'm a tiny guy. I used to work at a paper mill where it was a bunch of big fucking... They've done nothing but manual labor their entire lives. Big, burly dudes. Um, And this one time, somebody was uh, dusting down, so they would use this air hose to get rid of, because there's paper, you know, debris Mm -hmm. fucking everywhere. But when they would do that, it would fuck up this machine, and I would have to stop what I was doing. Whereas he could have waited two minutes. Mm -hmm. And so I, I was to this guy, I'm like, Greg, you got to stop, dude. Greg. And I'm, I just kept repeating his name. And he picked me up and just tossed me. And as soon as that happened, I was like, I own a house. I'm married. I have a kid. Like, but I'm nothing. Like, I, anybody here could do this. And it just, all of that just sinking in at once was like, oh my God. I'm completely powerless. Yeah. If I, if any type of altercation ever happened with anybody here. So then I, yeah, I was like a fucking, I felt like a, like a mouse. Like to him, it was nothing. He just did that quick and then went back right back to what he was doing. And then went off into some other area, like didn't phase him at all. But to me, now I'm just a child. Yeah. Ugh. It's a scary thing. Yeah. Well, I, and I, I think the only time where I've ever felt like that was ironic. Is it was at a concert. I was at a festival, and it was uh, Slipknot was playing. So fuck MGK. Yeah, for real. Like why? <laughs> like little tangent here. Why? Why would you do that? Like you finally have gotten like a rock like people to accept you, and then yeah. you just go and start distance Slipknot from like like why? Like why? Anyway. Well, and it's such a it's such a petty thing to do because he knew that Corey Taylor had turned him down. And yeah. instead of just being like, fuck, what a bummer, he thought that he could get the upper hand somehow. Okay, well, here's the thing. He also did it at a festival <laughs> where Slipknot just headlined the day before. Uh, like, what do you think's going to happen? Like, that's so just funny. stupid. But, um... No, so Slipknot was playing, and uh, like the crowds are intense. Yeah, and you know me, I'm big. At that point in time, I'm 260 pounds. At the show, 
and people are so packed in so tight and the crowd is moving so much that my feet physically weren't on the ground. Holy shit. Like I am just in a sea of people floating around. I'm not touching anything. And I just remember like trying desperately, like, like, you know, if you're swimming, like you're like going mm-hmm. under, you're like, just trying to get your toes to touch the bottom somehow. Oh my God. That was me in that situation. I was just like, holy fuck, I do not like this. I like, and I love being in shows. I love being in that yeah. crowd atmosphere. And I just remember for like 10 seconds being like, I hate this. I need to find solid ground or I'm going to lose it. That's so funny because I would rather do 20 death walls than have that happen. Yeah. Like, like I'm fine <laughs> with running full speed at somebody, but if I'm helpless like that, yeah, I, ugh. Like it was, it but was that, actually that goes terrifying. Back to the, like the, for some reason, the association when it comes to a female abusing a male is that as long as it's only physical, then men don't care. Like for some reason that like, because we're these like beasts that if it's, if it's just a physical thing, we're like, meh, whatever. But I mean, the mental, like the implications that go along with her grabbing your genitals and just holding on and staring at you is so much more than it. Even if you had that viewpoint before, something like that happens where you are immobilized, all of that goes out the window. Right. And what, I mean, what was it like trying to have relationships after that? Like, did you date anybody after her? Um, like in between, I mean, sorry. No, I did for like a month. And, um, the person that I was dating at the time, I told her, I was like, and it was very like cliche. I was like, look, like this literally has nothing to do with you. You are wonderful. It is just bad timing for me. I'm like, I mentally am not ready for this. And I'm like, I'm telling you now out of like respect for you because I don't want you to cling to something like waste your time. Essentially like, like it's going to hurt you now. It hurts me to do it Mm -hmm. because now I've actually had to look in the mirror at myself and be like, you're not ready for this at all. To like for so for me to become that self aware with it hurt me, yeah, in a sense. But I was like, I'm doing this so like, like I'm it won't hurt you as much down the road. Like, I'm like I was felt really bad about it, but it was one of those where it was like, I'm not ready. You are. You're ready for someone. Do your do your thing. Like. Don't let me hold you. And then she started dating someone like a little bit later and now they're married. So it's like, Oh, okay. The story does have a happy ending. Okay. (laughs) Well, I mean, but no, like outside of that, no, I didn't, I didn't actively try to date anybody. I didn't care about dating anybody. Um, I mean, there was, I remember when I first started going to the Keller, like there was always these, I mean, the way that you would tell your jokes and the jokes that people would make about you, like, getting STDs and being a man whore and all these things. And like, after you had given me a little glimpse of this story, you know, two or three years ago, whenever that was, I was like, Oh, this, that makes so much sense because, and I don't even know if you were even that sexually active, but the, 
the unknown that happens, like just thinking about a relationship, you just see that room and all of the horrible things that could happen in that room. Yeah. Like it's it's one thing when I have a place to go, like we see each other, I'm going to go back to my place. But when we start dating, how long until you're going to want to move in? How long until all of these things? Like I had a shit relationship before Kim and I think like a lot of the self-sabotage and bullshit that I did was part of that too. Was I was like, well, if I fuck it up, then I can be like, yeah, of course, I always do this. Rather than letting somebody else hurt me and... Because then I really have no control again. Right. Well, I mean, kind of going back, like, it's funny that everyone made all those jokes about me because, like, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, like I'm like, co- especially compared to the people making the jokes at oh, me. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it no. <laughs> The really funny thing about it is like, you know, when I started doing comedy, it's like, I'm going to meet girls. Like, they're going to think I'm funny. This is going to be cool. No. no. The, like, I stopped doing comedy. <laughs> and I get an awesome girlfriend. Well, dude, so, it's funny. It's, like, if you're it's, it's, a so, successful comedian, sure. But open micers, they just think we're fucking weirdos. Well, well. For the most part. For, yeah. I mean, everyone's a weirdo to somebody. Yeah, but, but the people but, but, that go to where we were performing. Oh, yeah, weirdos. <laughs> Some of them nice weirdos. Yeah, for Some sure. Some of them absolute pieces of shit. But like, yeah, that's another day. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean. But no, like, I don't know. It's it's funny. Like, you know, can't. Uh... God, looking back at some of those, it's like, God, what? What was I doing? I was I would literally like go to comedy, get hammered and go home. Like like that was it. Like yeah. I wasn't doing anything cool. <laughs> you know, it was just being a just a bunch of guys being dudes. Yeah. But I don't know. It's weird to look back on. Yeah. Well, I mean, um so when when Julie comes along, I mean like how long into the relationship until you said like or let her know kind of about the triggers that you have and and things like that like were you guys open like immediately or we were open on certain stuff immediately um i i'd say maybe a few months into it but like our first few months of even like seeing each other, we weren't like, we're like, we weren't dating. Okay. Like per se, you know, um, it was very much like I'm into you. I like hanging out with you. She was separated at the time. So like going through divorce stuff. And so when I just remember the one night I was like, I just laid out, I was like, I like you a lot. I want to date you. Like, I don't care how long it takes. Like, I know you're going through this life stuff, but like, this is what I want to do. I'm like, I'm not trying to like be like right now it has to be a thing. Like, but 
like I am that much into you to where this is what I want. And she was very much like, I can't give you an answer. I can't even give you a timetable. She's like, I don't know how long it's going to be, but I guess if you want to still be around and we were very much like monogamous. Mm -hmm. Um, but even like up until that point it was, and we've talked about it where we didn't say it to each other, but it was like, you know, we're not dating. You can go see someone else if you want. I'm, but it was like, I'm going to be really sad if you do, yeah, 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 but like, yeah. we're not dating. So I can't like tell you not to, but it just turns out we were both on that same page. Well, and I mean, it's that, that weird, like, uh, like self-preservation stage where like, because you had both been through the shit that you'd been through, you know, in the back of your mind that like, if you just thrust yourself into something like too quickly, then there's room for disaster. If you keep this level of separation, even if it's just formality, because you guys are being monogamous, because you loved hanging out with each other, like just having that thing to be like, because it's so funny that you say that, that like could, you could date other people if you want to. Cause that happened to me one time. And I remember being like, why, why? Yeah. I mean, sure. You say that, but that sounds awful. <laughs> well, that was like, that's why it was important for me personally early on to be like, like, I don't know where you're at. This is where I'm at. Like just laying it out there. Like if this isn't what you want, that's totally fine but like i am so into you <laughs> i'm like holy shit you're like the coolest person i've ever met am and... i in a paramore song right now because <sighs> i'm into you oh my god <laughs> no, she probably would have slammed a door in my face if i did that <laughs> but <laughs> no it was god sorry it's so nice to look back on because like just like well, it, when you look on like the shit like from before and how now how healthy things are yeah and it's like kind of the only time like we'll ever like fight is if it's always a communication thing where it's like you didn't tell me about this oh i thought i did i'm sorry like mm. and then you just talk about it and then things are like they're fine yeah but it's so funny being like that's kind of the worst of it mm-hmm like she gets mad at me if I go, if I forget to be like, "Hey, made it here safe." I'm like, "Oh I'm yeah," like, I'm not even mad at that because like I I'll, I'll do the same thing where it's like I'm like, "Just please let me know you got there safe." Holy shit, I'm so invested in you, like, and I care about you so much. I just want to know that you're to work safely. Yeah, yeah like yeah. that's all I care about at that time. So it's like if not, it's like, here comes anxiety. Holy shit, she got in a car accident. Oh my god, what happened? Like. I feel bad because I I did that to Kim for so long, like not calling and not doing shit like that. If it's stuff that where like I'm pretty close to the house, I still don't do it. But if I go and do something in the cities, when I'm leaving, I call for sure. Yeah. See, we're not even like it doesn't even have to be a call to shoot me a text, shoot me a Snapchat. Oh, that sure. You're at yeah. work, and, you know it's. It's something so, and I forget a lot because sometimes I'll be like, 
oh, yep, I made it to work at the carpet. Oh, like I parked at the same time as Adrian. Sorry, we're talking while we walked in. Sure. Got distracted. And it's always like dumb stuff like that. But, well, not dumb. Like it's really important, but it's so minuscule, but it's something that's like just the calming you get when you get that like, I'm safe. You're like, yes, yes. Like, thank you. Oh, my God. Thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, like, dude. Yeah. So again, but like for that to be the the extent of like the anxiety that you get, where it's like, yeah, she performs burlesque. She bartends. She gets hit on constantly when she bartends. I'm not worried about it. Like, you know, like I've never been like, like I'll joke and be like, mm, "Sorry, I can't be him." You oh know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, look at Tom Hardy. Oh, sorry, I can't be Tom Hardy. <sighs> I mean, can anybody? For me, it would be like Daniel Craig. I'd be like, "Go on, Daniel." I love Craig. Daniel. Come Craig. on, that jawline. Alex tried saying he was ugly one time, and I was like, "Dude, get off my lawn!" Excuse what the me? fuck are you talking Excuse about? Excuse me. <laughs> We're going to have words. <laughs> We're going to exchange unpleasantries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but like, it's stuff like that where it's like, we're both so happy and comfortable in it where it's like, like, yeah, you can, even before she started working at the bar, if I'm bartending, some dude's like, yeah, I'm buying. You want to bring her. that thing a little closer. She's like, oh, I'm buying her a shot. And I'm just like, cool. She's coming home with me. <laughs> like yeah make spend your own money like it's like my favorite well when when i when i brought that up before more of what i meant was like the way that i get nervous there's a park near our house and Landon and layla will go there just the two of them well i mean they'll go with their friends but um that anxiety of them like the things that could happen that's more yeah. of what I mean. Like somebody gets drunk and unruly and the scary shit that can happen. That's the that's the stuff that always circulates yeah. in my mind. Like I'm never worried about Kim running off with somebody else because she was thinking about doing burlesque for a while too. And my, my concern was never uh, of like the jealousy thing because I, we both are like, if we get divorced... I'm, n- I'm never going to date again. That's so much work. I'm at the point in my life where if I, if it's like you could jerk off or you could take a nap, nap every time. Like I just, you know, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm good with where I'm at. So, but when it, yeah, when it comes to that other shit, like it's the outliers. Right. Which, you know, it comes down to the, like, I trust you. I don't trust other people thing. Yeah. Which I don't ever want to use that as like a means to hold you back from doing something. Right. It's just a means of, I'm telling you this, this is like a worry of mine. Like, just give me some reassurance on it. Like, I don't know. Like you said, like she's young, blonde and hot. Like she could. Well, I mean, I didn't say that. No, well, I did. (laughs) (laughs) I did with my eyes and not my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying you're not attractive julie you're absolutely a gorgeous gorgeous young lady but yeah like it's one of those where it's like yeah someone could like you know just grab him and go what do you do 
Yeah, it, and it it's goes terrifying back to, that, to think about. Yeah, it so, goes back to that 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 whole like you get getting grabbed or me getting thrown. Like you don't know until it happens just how fucking powerless you can be. Right. Yeah. So that's always like anxiety thing. But like I said, like when she's performing, it's at the carpet. Even there's days where it's like she has, I'll be off by like one and I got work in the morning. So I'm like, hey, I'm going home. And then I'll just check in with like Steven or somebody like, hey, can you just walk her to her car when she leaves? Yeah. Like make sure she's getting out safe and stuff like that. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's nice having people that, not just me, that care that much about her too, to where I'm like, she's safe. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and, that's the that's the big thing for me is the safety aspect of things. Like that's why I've always cared about you guys like not just on a physical level but on a mental level because if you're mentally unsafe then there's self-harm that can happen. There's bad choices that you can make where right. you you li- then you literally do end up being unsafe. So like that's always in the in the back of my mind is like I and I tell Kim this like so I hate going to my parents' house because there's a a lake, and the kids love going in the lake, but I'm constantly terrified that they're gonna drown, and I will say I wish I didn't feel this way, I can't help it though, right? Like that, I, I would love to not give a shit and just let the kids swim and whatever, and not be having to like constantly watch them, but I I just can't get o- I can't get over this that fear. Because if something happened to you or the uh, the kids, like, I would be devastated. Right. So in those moments, like, I just can't help. I'm So, like, with the red carpet, like, I'm constantly terrified that somebody's going to stab you guys. Or I'm constantly terrified that, like, somebody's going to get kidnapped. Or You know what I mean? Like, right. once you guys told me about the shit that can happen, now in my mind, I'm like, oh, now it's just when is it going to happen? <laughs> you know okay, what I yeah. mean? Like, yeah. But my mind also does that. So, <laughs> well, well so, like, what what do we do? <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, yeah. but it's like you don't want to sit and live in that fear. So, right. Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, you saying that security has gotten better and things like that—that uh, that makes me feel better for yeah. sure. Because what else can you do? Right. Well, and. It's, I've always thought, like, even just, like, driving home, like, it's weird to think about sometimes in my head. I'm like, you know, I'm just one dude having a bad day away mm-hmm. from veering into my lane. Yep. Like, like, it's such a weird thought to have while driving. Yeah. But it's like, holy shit. Like, if some, like, if any of these people wanted to just be like, all right, fuck everybody, they could. And what do you do? I I shot a wedding where the groom's mom, that's exactly what happened to her. Somebody drove uh, purposefully the wrong wrong way down, I forget if it was Highway 10 or someplace where the speed limit was like, the the guy was going like 65. Okay. So not not a crazy amount of speed, but fast enough to, you know, fucking kill somebody for sure. Um, drove into the wrong lane on purpose to try and kill himself. Nothing ended up happening to him, but his mom became paralyzed from the neck down. And so shitty. Yeah. It, the reason why it sucks is because 
so often it nothing happens to the person who did mm-hmm. it. It's everybody around them that gets affected. Right. Which is crazy. Which also a little callback brings me to the let me know when you got somewhere yeah. safe. Because it's like I have that anxiety going on. Where it's well, like, and it's a good analogy really for like let's say somebody gets sent to prison, right? They let's say somebody stabs one of you guys at the carpet and they they go to jail. More than likely that person was pretty isolated, probably a piece of shit. They go to jail. It doesn't affect them the same way that it affects the community mm-hmm. of people right. that cared about that person. So it's this yeah, it's the same thing. Somebody driving into the wrong lane or somebody being stupid enough to think that they can fucking you know, try to end somebody's life, it ruins dozens and dozens of other people's lives, not just this one person. Right. It's not this isolated thing. And you can be like, yeah, like, say court system works, they're locked up. It's like, that's the bare minimum of what yep. should be happening right now, because now it's like, I'm still going to have that anxiety of my friends or myself yeah, going places, you know? It's never a. Yeah. It's never not a thought at that point, I guess. Yeah, it's that uh, ripple effect. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it, there's people that live with like miniature anxiety that don't even know that they're one bad incident away from having full blown anxiety for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. And and that's the thing. That's the thing that happens. And then now forever, I have to be on anxiety meds, or I have to know where all the exits are. I've met quite a few people who have to know where all the exits are or they can't relax. They can't like feel safe unless they know exactly how they would get out of here. Like even to me, like they'll be like, if you attacked me, how am I going to get out of here? And it's like, God, if I attacked you, my back would fall apart. Like I've got one attack left in me and it's to throw myself at somebody who breaks into our house and that's it. If I try to fight anybody, I'm paralyzed afterwards. Could yeah. you not? You know, you're so disgusting. Why do you have to do that? I had to burp. <laughs> Just I could have done it in the mic. <laughs> I've probably burped into the mic and I Jokes on you. I've been farting the whole time. <laughs> Farts are fine. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll put my put the mic next to it next time. Yeah, we're all about butt burps. It's ASMR. Yes. That's what the ending of this is going to be. It's, it's A-S-S-M-R. Oh, shit. ASMR. ASMR. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, so... But, but like, I just want to comment on, like, what you said about, like... Oh, sorry. The anxiety stuff and, like, how something can, like, full-blown it. Like, I don't like heights. I don't like water. I.e., I do not like bridges that go over water. Never have. And then when the 35W bridge collapsed, it sent me into a panic to where, like, me and Julie were out in Portland, and they have some very high bridges out there. They sure do. And we were just, like, there was one, it was a shorter bridge. Like, okay, we short, I can handle it, I'm driving. There's a stoplight at the end of the bridge. So we are now stopped on the bridge and I am physically like I'm crying sitting on this bridge because I am so anxious and terrified of it. I'm like 
crying i am like about to break her hand i am holding it so <laughs> tight like i am a wreck until we get off this bridge and so now it's like if we're doing bridges i have to like stare at the license plate in front of me yeah and like like go into some deep breathing with it otherwise i will cry on bridges fuck like it's terrifying to me oh yeah i bet you have taken control of your mental health and you're such more of a proud advocate for mental health and you're very aware of things that could potentially um push someone to like negatively impact their mental health and so i like i've noticed that about you in the way that you talk to people like we'll fuck with people all day long but i've noticed you're very quick to recognize um a an actual issue that may happen and so you find a way to try and comfort this person whether it's self-deprecation on your own part or whatever i mean so when when you are having like a tough day or like some something's affecting your depression or anxiety or whatever what what are the things that you do like what are your coping mechanisms nowadays it's a lot of well i now have an outlet with julie where i can like vent about my day Mm. um a lot of it i'm very um Oh, what's the word? Gay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, you got me. Everyone thinks I am. I mean, everyone. Which I take as a compliment at this point. I'm like, yeah, yeah, gay people are awesome. Everyone's a little gay. Yeah. It's the people who don't admit to that part. When I say everyone's a little gay and somebody goes, mm-mm. Okay. Well, okay, bud. I didn't, well, I didn't know flash. you were really gay. Newsflash. <laughs> But also, just accept it. Like yeah. like Satan says, believe in yourself. Yeah. That's why we have Good this LGBTQ little. trans flag is because Satan supports all of them. Yes, he does. <laughs> the church will tell you that, too. I'm like, thank you. He does, doesn't he? Uh, but no, um, I'm so extroverted to the point where it's like, I need to be around people. Mm. If I'm having like a really rough day, I'm like, well, I need to go out. I need to be around people because that that'll give me good positive energy yeah um and it'll help not only like take my mind off things but like help me be like all right like i'm doing things i like with people that i like like i'm having a good time like the whole day doesn't have to be shit because of it like it used to be for me outside of that like it's a lot of um I draw a lot for music, as I know you do too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, putting music on, I like like stuff where I have to use my brain a lot. Like I'll play Minesweeper on my phone. Okay. I'll do a puzzle if I have time to do it. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need a nap. Yeah. Or I need to throw on, you know, Avatar or Big Mouth. Stuff I find comfort in watching and kind of go there. Um, that's I don't really do a lot. Like and and it's nice that it's gotten to that point where it doesn't like take much for me to climb out of it. Yeah, but 
also I've become more of like, I don't let myself fall as far down into it. Ah, yeah. Which is, was a problem for me a lot. God, that's being, such a good point. Being younger and it's something I've learned about myself and um, where I try to stay as even keen as possible. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed um, if like I go on a trip to see my friend out east. Mm-hmm. If I'm there for like a week, like that's such a high for me. Oh, yeah. That the next two weeks I'm going to be in a low. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's like it's it's almost too much for me to handle to where leaving like I think I've cried every flight home. Like and I know it's coming and so now it's like now that I have someone who's also emotionally invested in me, like I have to tell her like, "Hey, like I'm probably going to be down for the next week or so." Yeah. Like just try to bear with it because it's something I know is coming and so I can kind of prepare for it. But outside of that, I don't try to, um, just in everyday life, I don't try to get overtly excited over something. And then I also don't try to get like overtly negative over stuff. Yeah. Which, well, yeah. And which a lot of people see as just, oh, you're so chill. Oh. It's like, no, I am very high strung in here, (laughs) but I, I'm like doing like, they're almost like exercises so that I stay where I need to be, where I'm going to be. Okay. Yeah. So dude, I mean, and I don't know if anyone else does that, but like, it's just something I've recognized that I've had to do because like, I don't like, I don't like medication. It doesn't do good things for me that it should okay like it hasn't what kind of medication were you Uh, like why why were you prescribed medication oh i was insanely depressed okay like in my teens into like i think i got off medication i was like 20 okay so you had like major depressive disorder Mm -hmm. and um so and then like anxiety with it but like i feel like that's everybody <laughs> yeah and uh, like the, it's like, like well we're finding that the more that it's like peeing civ- when you poop. yeah yeah <laughs> the more that civilization advances because we have this thing in the back of our mind um that was built to uh force you to do things in order to survive mm-hmm. because that thing is not really needed anymore like we don't have to be aware of wolves or like natural predators right. and we don't really have to do like hunter gatherer shit so because this thing isn't being used you feel like something's wrong and for some people that's heightened because you don't you don't need your I don't need my survival skill anymore yeah how can that be possible so i it seems they're finding that like that seems to be the correlation because like when animals are in zoos, uh, I forget how long it takes, but they become depressed. Most of them like they lie around all the time. They don't do anything. And a lot of them will stop eating. And it's because your survival skill is taken away. The way that you lived every single day is gone. So for us, I don't know if eventually we'll evolve and we won't have that thing in the back of our head anymore. But this subconscious thing that I mean that's why we have dopamine. Well, I think it's a 
that's interesting when it comes to humans because I think we don't evolve from it. I think that the means of survival mm. evolves, you know, to where it's like, okay, I don't need to go pick berries and hope it's not, you know, a bad day for me to get crops or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, it's no longer that. It's now, how am I going to get to work? Yeah. How am I going to provide for my family? Like, so the survival means evolves to where we have to now, like, like, oh, I'm not going to go here because there's a good chance where I could get stabbed. Mm. Or, you know, like, I'm not going to mess with this person because they're going to kick the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, so much of it, though, is, like, hypotheticals. Yeah. So we're having to do all of these mental things to try and figure it out. That So it's your midbrain would send that dopamine, right? Up right. to be like, you went and got water. Good job. Let's make sure that we remember and we do that again. <laughs> that was neat. Now your brain is like, I mean, I don't know which thing we're supposed to be... Wait, I don't know what the fuck survival means anymore. Like, right. if you play guitar, that means you're happy, so you're surviving? I don't fucking know. So, like, it's you have to figure <laughs> these things out and, like, retrain your brain or ev- evolve your, your thought process yeah. to match up. Yeah. Ah, uh, you masturbated? Is that surviving? <laughs> or, but we're taking a nap afterwards. Yeah, yeah. Like, we feel good, but... Like, we felt good, but now we feel like we let everyone down. Like, what? You didn't close out quick enough. Now we're <laughs> we're really sad. Uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's... God, it's so so weird. But it's an interesting thing. Like, So yeah. the thing that you were saying about not letting yourself like indulge in it as much as you used to mm-hmm. is such a huge thing. Because like I was saying before, the whole listening to sad music when you're sad like there's a there's i think intense emotion is such a strong thing that we don't experience all that often so when something truly depressing or truly you know heartbreaking happens there's some aspect of you that just really wants to give it the weight that it deserves so you look for the recipes to be like what are the things that like really fucking get me going yeah it's interesting yeah so but yeah i mean i i watched fucking adoption surprise adoption like proposal things last night for like an hour it was just crying at my desk like this is awesome i love this well yeah it's (laughs) it's dumb where it's like oh i won't cry for this but i'll cry for like i don't know um what gets me are like the, and I don't know why they get me so hard because no, they don't get me hard. They hit me. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to really specify that with this one, but it's like, <laughs> it's like the photos of like your brother coming home from oh. war that you haven't seen in two years or like the dad with the family or like, the dude who's now getting like a service dog mm. like surprise like or like dogs who haven't seen someone in like three years just going nuts i'm like that's that'll get oh, me to cry yeah like the dogs especially because i'm like oh they're so happy yeah i'm like look at them like like that such raw emotion with it just 
and eat that shit up. Yeah. Oh, and, big time. And it's just waterworks. Or like people, like if I'm watching a show I'm like attached to. And oh, like yeah. People crying in the show. I'll, I'm I'm right there with you. Well, I mean, I could go on and on forever, but we've been recording for two hours. So I have to put the kibosh on it for now. I but know, that's fair. Um, I got to get to work later. Anyway, oh, so. okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I fucking love you, dude. Thank you so much for I doing love you this. Too, Chris. Anything else you want to leave for the the peoples? No, just take care of yourselves. Like that's fantastic. Well, take care of yourselves, take care of others, you know, be a good person. Yes. The all the clichés. Yeah. <laughs> like because they're clichés, they're easy to dismiss, so people forget to do Right. Them. But it's it is worth yeah. putting out there. For sure. Well, Thank you guys for listening, and as always, be well to yourselves.